0: Love,
1: talk, radio. Hey everybody, Kalen Patterson, member of T 4 p Real Talk, here in the house and this program is sponsored by P4P book, the number drug free Sponsors foundation in all of the world. And if you are a drug free athlete and looking for a product foundation to stand on, hey, hey, please sign up with p If not, then I'm sure we can get you directed to somebody good supplements and you naturally not have your health or anything else at risk. So that's what you got in mind and that's what you got to do. But anyway, it's good to be back. It's good to be back on. My goodness. It seems like it takes forever to get something set up around here. But hey, we're online and we're doing well. So I hope everybody is getting ready for that, uh, what, well, 4th of July? My goodness, the 4th of July. It seems like it was just January, now it's the Forces of July coming up. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? But anyway, we have a great show lined up tonight, and I hope everybody is really seriously thinking about their best health and wellness and nothing else that's going to jeopardize their lives or anything else. And that's pretty much what this show is about, because we have basically got seen more and more where people are, getting caught doing exactly what they're not supposed to do, but they're doing it anyhow. And we're going to speak with uh, Christopher Worth about some of the infractions that have been happening in, in his organization, uh, the, the U.S. So, uh, Chris, introduce yourself, and let's uh, get this show started.
0: Hey, Kalen. How are you doing tonight? Thanks for having me
1: on. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, cool. brother. Thanks for dealing with the, uh, the little headache. Yeah, Snap-oops. snap yeah.
0: No worries. I know technology; it's a, it has a mind of its own, so no worries.
1: Yes. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so, as you've already said, my name is Christopher Wirth. Um I have been in the natural bodybuilding community since 2011. Started competing then. Um, I pro qualified back in 2016 and then made my pro debut in 2018. Since then, I've been off-season. I had attempted to compete last year, but COVID got the best of me as far as training and everything Mm -hmm. like that, so pulled the plug on that. Um, Looking forward to hit the stage this fall, so Mm -hmm. see what we can do, what kind of damage we can do there. But when I'm not competing, um, I've also entered into a venture, which uh, we've been promoting Mm -hmm. with A good friend of yours and good friend of mine, Jack Halverson. We have uh, joined forces with the USBF, the United States Bodybuilding Federation. And we are, Jack is the president. I am the Midwest Regional Director. And we are working along with a great group of promoters right now to really change the face of natural bodybuilding for the better. Um, Our motto is built by athletes for the athletes. So that's really what this is about. We want to listen to what the athletes have been complaining about and try and make the changes necessary Mm -hmm. to bring natural bodybuilding to the level that it should really be at and uh, try and fix some of the wrongs that have been going on. Mm -hmm. And one of those big ones is what we're talking about tonight. um, Some of the drug failures that we have been able to catch some cheaters at some of our USBF shows this early part of the season. So we'll talk about that. But before we do that, just want to mention too, I am also promoting a show of my own this year. It is the um Med City Natural Bodybuilding Classic in Rochester, Minnesota. We are only seven weeks out from that show. So if anybody's looking for a show, check us out. August twenty eighth, Rochester, Minnesota at the Mayo Civic Center. it's. I think it's going to be a good event. It's going to be our first season, so I'm just getting my feet wet. I'm sure I'm going to make some mistakes along the way here, but willing to learn and hopefully come back next year and do it even bigger and better. So that's who I am and what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, well, yeah, let's get back. I want to get on that, that show you're talking about hmm.
1: because after 2020 – the one thing we definitely can do is have shows to, to in, in, in the region, especially in the Midwest, since we have such talented competitors and such active competitors. I'll, I'll definitely put that out there about being the active competitors. And you know, one of the first things that really broke my heart, you know, when you when you have the shows, is that you do have the the cheaters. They're out there, and I mean, let's be honest. Uh, if you got somebody at work, there's going to be someone that's doing it incorrectly are probably doing something or doing some kind of drug at their job to basically get them through the work day but that's putting everybody else at risk. So, you know, I, I I'm always a little bit surprised when we find cheaters in the, in the, in the, in the, the uh, organizations or in the shows and people are saying, well, see, this is why I don't compete. And I'm saying, well, then you might as well not ever show up to a day of work thinking everyone mm-hmm. basically uh, spots, you know, PG clean. So when you have this happen, I like the way your organization is addressing it where you're dealing with the problem and not basically tormenting uh, the athletes. You know, I can't imagine if somebody, every time somebody got in trouble at work, there was some big announcement on the bullhorn and mm-hmm. basically nothing being done after that. You guys are basically addressing the problem and taking care of it and making sure these athletes can't – well, I, wanna, I won't call them athletes uh, – making sure these people that decide to step on, cha- uh, on stage incorrectly are basically getting away with something they shouldn't. It's almost like a, a crackhead or a cocaine addict getting a, a <laughs> bonus because of their work when they haven't done anything that remotely compares to what a, a, a person who's supposed to be doing the job correctly is doing. So when, you, when you've when you had this stuff and you, you have your own show coming up, I'm sure it basically spearheads the, the, the energy that you're putting in there, knowing that the people that are going to win are actual winners and not cheaters. Right.
0: And, and that's really the ultimate goal of the USBS. We're not here to demonize people. We're not here to humiliate them. We're here to keep them accountable and keep them honest. Yeah. Like you said, we're we're all aware that there are cheaters in the natural bodybuilding uh, ranks. They're there. They exist. They know how to get around the systems, well or, whether it's the failed, um, abbreviated polygraph tests that some federations do or whether getting off a cycle so many weeks out before a show so that they can urine test. Uh We know that happens. But what one thing that the USBF is also trying to do to uh, alleviate some of that is we are implementing off season, um, out of season drug testing by a third party Mm -hmm. and, um,
2: the USBF
0: is incurring all that cost. We do not push any of our drug costs, whether it is the urine tests at the event in season or the off-season random tests. That does not get pushed to the athletes. That's taken care of by the USBF itself. So that's another thing that we figure the athletes pay enough to compete. They don't need to be paying um, extra for these other things, you know, to make the sport better.
2: Well, that's exciting. I mean, and that's nice, yeah. Because that, you know, it, it, it all adds up, and I understand if there are organizations that do charge for it, I get it. You know, it's expensive to put on shows and everything that goes along with it, but that is a nice perk for sure, definitely for sure. So much appreciated i um, actually glad to hear that. You know, and chiming in to the latest failure that the USBF caught, um, I haven't seen all of the details on that. But from what I understand, this individual had made it through two other, quote-unquote, natural organizations without getting caught and then competed in the USB, and then that's where he uh he, he finally fell down on the job, I guess, if you want to call it that. And I it, yeah. I mean, it, in, in, did I hear that correctly? Am I understanding that correctly, those details? Is that what has taken place? Has anyone confirmed that for sure?
0: It, the USBF has confirmed that, that this individual had competed in, um, and if I'm remembering correctly, in two other natural federations. Yeah,
2: okay. Um,
0: in one of them, um, I know Kent Burley did a, um, uh, podcast on this just recently that I caught as well so he had quite yes, a few of the details as well um, and the individual had polygraphed at one of the federations past his polygraph the abbreviated polygraph that's out there that's why the abbreviated polygraph is worthless we know this also Um, We have enough evidence to show that. So why athletes are being charged for polygraph tests to this day, I don't understand it, but this is what some federations continue to do. Um, There was also another federation that the individual did compete in, but left the venue before, and they won. Um, I believe they pro-qualified at that event, if I'm remembering correctly. And um, they left the venue without providing a urine sample. So, you know, probably as well as I do, you do something like that, you forfeit your pro status at that point. So um, that that happened. Yep. And then they decided to compete with the USBF and we urine tested him. And he, I'm kind of amazed at this one, because again, if you're one of these individuals, you know what you're doing. You can't tell me you don't. I guess there's the rare occasion that an athlete may take a dirty supplement and I understand that, that happens out there. But yep. this individual mm-hmm. had nine failures, nine now different banned substances.
1: Yeah, that's that's above and that's that's I mean, a like, little that's bit more it.
2: than a coinky dink. Yeah. yeah. And you I mean, know, that, if you compare that to out.
0: um you compare that to the other ones, we've had a total of what do we got here? One, two, three, four. We've had a total of six um adverse uh, findings so far through the USBF. Uh, we had one down at earlier this spring down at the Florida Fury, which is this is where the individual we're talking about also competed. We had another individual who tested positive for TRT. And I have to really, you know, as we talk about the the cheaters and all of that, this individual, we give each individual that has a adverse finding, we give them an opportunity to know what they failed because the usbf we use redwood toxicology for in-season testing and they provide us with the test results and we test for three panels there which most natural federations do not test for that again i believe it's a cost factor to them but really if you want to clean up the sport you got to be testing for as much as you possibly can But this individual had tested and failed for TRT. When they were contacted, they did make a statement of really – I give him a lot of credit. He was really respectful, stepped up to the plate, didn't realize because he was taking TRT for a medical reason, could have applied for a um, medical exception had he known, but he made the assumption that it was okay, and maybe he was competing in some of the other natural federations that allow TRT, which I don't understand that one a hundred percent, but some natural federations do allow that. And in his statement, he he took full responsibility and he continues to support the USBF, and actually gave us credit for doing what we do right. You know? And so I, I give that mm-hmm. competitor a lot of respect for making that statement. No doubt. No. Well, it, it,
1: yeah, it, it's amazing when you talk about the the, the number of times in, in one test and one failure where it's just happening. So, you know, the, the, the respect factor actually has to play in where they don't even think that the national organizations are really serious about the drug testing or really trying to actually catch a teacher. I'm not saying that it's not done, but I'm saying yeah. just the respect factor where they even jump to that conclusion where, you know, even mm-hmm. if I'm tested, so what, because nothing's going to come of it. So, you know, how do right. you address that going forward, uh, aside from what you're doing uh, currently?
0: Well, and I think you raise raised a good point there. I think what the experience mm-hmm. of those athletes are is that there are federations, there are shows, and it may not even be the federation, it might be the promoter of a show, they just don't test, they don't collect the samples, they don't send them in, or the federation, the labs that they use don't test for all of these things that these individuals are taking and so the usbf like i said we stepped up we're using a redwood Toxicology for in season we do three panels if i'm remembering it correctly again it's not hundred percent my expertise on all of that um, so i might misspeak a little bit there but i i'm pretty confident that so we do three panels which like i said most do not um and then out of season we're working with um, a combination uh, with Redwood, but we also work with a third party. Um, what's their name off the top of my head? I'm trying to remember. Um, Redwood and um, SMRTL. And that's, you know, if we decide that somebody's going to be pulled in our list to take a random test, we contact them and within 24 hours, they have to provide a sample if they refuse and it is their option to refuse that's an automatic ban out of the USBS and would be a ban for the majority of natural federations because you're refusing to take a test. So um, I think, I think that's going to, I think, be one of our biggest uh, positives that we're going to bring to the change of natural bodybuilding is this out of season drug testing. That's the only way we're going to get natural athletes to truly stay natural Mm -hmm. and um, keep the stage clean.
2: I kind of feel like I'm having a Napoleon Dynamite moment here, and I just want to be like saying, "You can say things, just kind of, things are kind of serious now." That I mean, I think that's fantastic. I, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely a layer of accountability that I, at least I have not seen since I uh, put my toe into the. Uh, the natural uh, bodybuilding competition realm. So I think that is pretty awesome. We have a uh, comment here from Lloyd. He says, lot of full disclosure. These guys are serious. And I say, Lloyd, no doubt, definitely serious. Um Two levels of testing. I think that's great. Random, off-season, that's cool. I mean, and I like your example that you just shared. Sometimes it does, things just happen. And we've seen cases in the past, Kaylin and I, where it's that medical exemption that can really get you because we had another athlete on the show. It's probably been about a couple of years, Kaylin, but he had that yes. same exact issue. He was taking something that was prescribed from a doctor, thought because he needed to take it for legitimate health reasons that it was okay and it was not. And, again, he was very forthcoming. He was very respectful. I mean, he went out of his way to, you know, get the hardware to the athlete who would have won. Um, So those situations do happen. So talk to us a little bit, Chris, about the medical exemption, how it works, and uh, what athletes need to understand if they think they might need a medical exemption.
0: And, and that's an excellent question. It, it comes down to really athletes. And part of this lies on the backs of the athletes themselves, to be educated on the banned substance lists that each federation has. A lot of them have the same substance list. Uh, there's a lot of WADA, uh, like the INBA PNBA, and um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I think the uh, Kent Federation, he's the uh, – I forget what NBA. his federation letters are. Get the NBF. They're, yep. They are WADA compliant, so that's their banned substance list. Our, the US We have it out on our website, usbf.net. And if you go and you look, it has all the banned substances listed there of things that you cannot take. And so if you believe that there, if you're an athlete who takes something and you think that, well, gee, my doctor prescribes it, I wonder, reach out to the promoter. That's their first step. But do it in advance. Don't wait until show day and say, oh, by the way, because at that point, we can't do the research enough to say, okay, yes, to get the letters from doctors confirming that, yes, this is a medical reason for it. Uh, The promoter needs time to contact possibly the Federation to reach out, gather information to see that it's a legit exception to the rule. Um, so athletes be educated get aware of what the banned substance lists are in the federations that you choose to compete in and they are different like i said so go out to their website look it up if it's not there contact the federation they should have a list available um and ask questions it's my philosophy in life is it doesn't hurt to ask a question and there are no dumb questions
1: that's right uh, one of the things that I, I, I've i noticed, especially at my gym, you know, we're working with uh, many people, is that we have the confusion of thinking that just because it's legal, that makes it natural. And I, I think uh, mm-hmm. we need to start speaking more openly about that because I think uh, that disclaimer that I've heard from so many uh, natural athletes over the years is that you know I don't really mind what they're doing because that's their choice in living. When we're talking about the enhanced community, but we're still not speaking our true narrative. And that saying that drug free uh, really is drug free. I mean, there is no uh, drugs in, in involved in our in our in the creation of the physiques that we basically hone and craft each and every day of our lives as we go throughout our life. And I would rather I would much rather have. Uh, a lifetime of experiences and, and, and occurrences rather than a drug prescription that defines me for who I am when I step on stage. So the legality of it and the actual natural living is is is, is becoming a very great divide, it seems, because, you know, I, I know uh, people that are 26 years old that are being told they have low testosterone and basically it's just a really poor diet that's bringing about the bad mm-hmm. health that they're, they're going through. So, you know, when, when we're bringing up these matters, we need to be, as Lloyd was talking about, that, that disclosure, we need to be more mm-hmm. open about what's going on in the natural side of living as compared to basically always coming up with our disclaimer of not that I have an interest or an issue with the people that are using because technically we, we didn't. Or if we didn't, we'd probably mm-hmm. be doing it ourselves. So um, when, you, when you're when you saying what you're saying about the whole year, I mean, that, that's huge. When you're talking about being, being drug tested in the off-season, that's huge. So mm-hmm. how do you do that? And what brought about that level of understanding? And and, and just explain again that brief importance of how valuable that kind of uh, knowledge and, and testing is. Sure. Um, the
0: reason that the USBF, has come to the decision of out of season drug testing and is because we know that people are finding ways Mm -hmm. around the, the urine test, even the urine test people are, because uh, if you Mm -hmm. know the drugs, they have half lives. And if you can figure out what the half life is and be off of them, um, then you'll appear to be clean. And I I think there's a lot of claiming natural athletes out there in their off season deciding that this is what they're going to do, and they'll just get off the the gear uh, 12 weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is, so that they are clean and able to compete on the stage, and then nobody's the wiser. Um, So the only way we're going to catch them is to be able to walk up to them out of season and say, hey, this is what we want you to do. Here's the cup. You can either choose to fill it or not fill it. These are the consequences of it. And we will give you the results. And, again, that's a third party that the USBF pays for to have that done. It's no cost to the athlete. And if you compete within the USBF and be aware that that could happen to you at any time. So, um, and if, if you're clean, you shouldn't be afraid to do it, you know. That's right. Uh, again, I've, I've never been afraid of taking a polygraph. I haven't been afraid of pissing in a cup. Uh, because I don't take anything. I also want to add to what you're talking, Kaylin, about you know, 26-year-olds, and that's really why I'm kind of passionate about this. It's really sad. It's become really uh, prevalent in my local community, uh, the use of steroids and SARMs and TRT, and I I see these mm-hmm. I see these young athletes with a lot of potential that again. It's enticing. You read about some of this stuff, growth hormones and all of that. It's really enticing to want to do those. I'm not going to lie. I've read about it, and it's like, gosh, that would sure make life a lot easier. But <laughs> they, they get on these things not realizing the end result of it. And I just use myself as, as an example, and I talk with people about it because I, I have no secrets. I really don't. So I have no problem sharing my medical history with people. When I first started competing, I competed for five years straight, uh, doing what my trainers knew, and I don't blame them in the least for it because they, they did what they did, and I followed along with it. Um, I finally sat in on a seminar with Cliff Wilson back in, oh, goodness, was it 2014, I think, when I was competing, maybe 2015, maybe I think 15. He came up to the Minnesota Mayhem in Duluth. Uh, I attended that seminar, and he talked about going in mm-hmm. and having your your blood levels tested, mm-hmm. your homo- hormones and all of that, so, and giving them to your coach, so your coach has a baseline of where you're at. Well, when I went in for the first time, my testosterone level was down in, I think it was like 222, and the low norm is 240, I think it was. Don't hold me yeah. on those numbers, isn't straight. it but normally I was supposed of, to be around seven-something? Uh, you should be around seven-something, yes, average. And so I yeah. was out of the low norm. I had destroyed my metabolism at this point. Luckily, I was working with a coach who knew what they were doing. They changed my diet. They changed my lifting routine. We did do a natural test boost because there are natural ways to help yourself if you know what they are. And I did 12 weeks, and I went back in, and I brought my numbers into the 400s. I doubled what I was at. So we're like, woohoo! Nice. And I proceeded to go on and compete that same season. And uh, as, as men know, when you compete, because your metabolism drops, your hormone levels are all out of whack, your testosterone level is going to drop too. Well, lo and behold, when I got done competing in October, I went in, had my annual physical, had the test run again. I was in the 700 by this time, which is kind of unheard of. And so now every year I go in, I have my test levels monitored, and it's been an up and down type of thing, which you would normally expect since I'm try- I was trying to recover my metabolism and my hormones. But each and every time if you actually plotted it out, It's been on a rising scale, and the last time that I finally went in, I was in the 800s, if if I'm remembering correctly, and the coach that I'm working with said right out, he says, I have 20-year-olds that don't have numbers as good as you do, and I can only account that to proper nutrition, heavy-ass lifting, and a healthy lifestyle. That's all I can account it to because that's all I truly do. That's it. Well, and, I'm, you know,
2: and that's, I mean, it's good to know and it's good to hear that example because so many people, so many athletes, I should say, don't really understand um, the importance of hormone health. And and I was one of those until uh, my hormone levels dropped in the tank um, because I didn't properly handle them while I was in contest prep, you know, several years ago. And actually when we had Heather Owen on the show, Uh, a month or so ago, she was talking about that as well. So I'm really glad to hear more athletes starting to talk about that or at least be cognizant of, you know, checking into those things and that more coaches are learning more about this too and bringing this topic to their athletes and keeping it in mind while they're in training because that's just going to be an overall healthier athlete and one that's going to have longer, you know, more long longevity than those who just totally burn themselves out. I mean, literally speaking, because their hormones are just shot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on.
2: So and awesome.
0: you am talking to a lifelong guy
1: right here, and I can preach it, because I'm telling you, I would always tell him, you know, it's not worth my help. It's not worth my help. Chris, you've heard me say it backstage many times. You know, I'm not starving yep. myself to state. I'm not risking my health. I mean, I I can't imagine having a mother as a nurse, and then I basically go against everything that she raised me up understanding and say, you know, mm-hmm. for the sake of my health, this trophy is worth it. That's, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard or even tried to conceive or, or make a pattern in my mind. And, you know, I, I'm glad that that kind of information is coming out. But the one thing I'm agreeing with on this especially is what you were talking about, is that you can naturally build up your test levels without having to basically forego your health to do it. Because I, I'm, yep. it's astonishing how we're, we're putting our, our health at risk for the aesthetic of looking healthy as compared to being healthy and then getting the benefits of good health. I think we've got it kind of, well, I don't want to use that word, but uh, backwards. When, when we're going about seeking and pursuing, and I, I think, and I, I don't think I know that natural athletes can be the forebearers of, of this information because we live it. Like you said, you, you can come with basically a whole year of experienced living and going from low test to good test, and having hormones that actually benefit you now, and still have good health as an end result, as compared to kidney damage, liver damage, uh, bone disease, cancer, all these other things that come with the side effects from enhanced living. And and mm-hmm. for us not to be more outspoken about it is kind of shameful on us. Like you said, if the athletes are living this life, then they should be the ones who can speak best about it because you've got years and years of experience. You can talk about the food. You can talk about you know, being around family during the holidays. You can talk about all those things because you're dead serious about doing it. So yep. it's not just the stage that's being salvaged. It's people's health. And and, and mm-hmm. I I'll always have that in my head because I don't live on stage, but I do live around the people I come back that saw me in the pictures from competing on stage. And they want to know mm-hmm. certain things. They have certain things they want to talk about. And what better time than just getting off the stage in a healthy fashion and then seeing me the next day in the gym working out, not because I'm wiped out, but because I'm actually trying to keep going with the good health that I've been sustaining
0: just from, uh, from competing and, and, and living. Yep, absolutely. And I think the only way that we're going to get that are these types of conversations. We athletes need to talk about this more so that they get educated instead of just reading about the the benefits of a of an enhanced living, but, and I have to give maybe a little credit to some of the enhanced athletes that are out there. I read a statement from Chris, his last name Bumstead two time uh, Olympia winner men's uh, classic physique. Sure. Would I love to look like that? I would, but he's an enhanced athlete. He knows that, but he made a statement recently saying, if you have to ask the question of, whether you should take these type of drugs for enhancement, you shouldn't be taking them, which I find really <laughs> interesting that these, they're, they're actually coming out and, you know, and talking about these things. And we've seen the, some of the uh, enhanced athletes, how they've destroyed their health in their bodies because of what the choices they've made. Yep. And again, and, 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 I, I try not to judge. It's all a matter of personal choices. I know some people yeah. that use, uh, they're still my friends. It's whatever, I'm concerned for them. I express my concern, but they, at the end of the day, they're still my friend.
2: And it, and it really is a choice, and, and that it's really almost poetry, What the way that he said it. If you have to ask whether or not you should, then you shouldn't, because most people know when they make that decision, they know what it is that they're choosing, and, and they're cool with that, and you know what everything that goes along with it so you you kind of have to be it's not that they don't know it's just that the 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 negatives of it don't outweigh the perceived positives in their mind and so yep. that's i mean that's an awesome way of looking at it and and it's so yep. true so true yep.
0: well i think i think it's easy too that what you see on the outside this beautiful physique that you can present everybody sees and they ooh and ah but if they truly saw the damage happening internal to the body they might not be saying ooh yeah. and ah as much
2: <laughs> yeah
1: well it's incredibly destructive and it, i i can't help but always i i, I by our very nature we are on the opposite end of it by our mm-hmm. very nature. And and um, with that lifestyle, by a hook or by a crook, you're going to speak against it, whether you intend to or not. And I like how, how uh, Chris said it. I, there's plenty of people we know in the gym that you, but there's no way I can ever advocate for it. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it, that's the one time when you hear us disagreeing is, you know, when they make that choice, I said, yeah, you know, of course, if you made that choice, you're you're all in with it. But I, there's so many when they learn. I, I can give you a great example of uh, when we were at the L.A. Fitness and Joe Myers was in there. And Joe Myers is, is a natural bodybuilder through and through. But, boy, he lives that lifestyle. and He, he speaks on it a, a great deal. And there was one guy – I'll go by his nickname so we don't have to use nick, I mean, real names uh, – name was the hammer, because he you know he every time he'd get in there he was just knocking the, the gym out the box because he was just so pumped and ready to do it and this guy was twenty two twenty three years old, which it it, it saddened me to begin with, but his choice of of living the enhanced life he was so into it, and Joe got in there and this guy' is like you know basically told us, if we're not using, we're not even working out. You know, that, this is how much he believed in, in, in uh, the enhanced lifestyle. And, you know, then he, mm-hmm. uh, Joe didn't really give a crap. He was going at him, and he started educating them with the stuff, and he realized there was an option because, in his mind, there was no alternative. It was either using sure. or you're not working out. And to mm-hmm. get that education at the gym and to see – I think at the time it was uh, Flex Williamson, Joe Myers, myself, uh, Anthony Pugnano and there was another guy there. But just to see all these physiques that weren't using. And he was mm-hmm. so hurt, he learned that he'd been duped. And I think that's a lot of what happens at the gym. It's like, you know, if you want to look like that, then you got to do this. Um uh, I told you with the uh, the one who had the kidney failure after three times of cycling, because he thought I was in hand, and he said, you know, the guy that was basically trying to get him the drugs was telling him that, yeah, I was using, and that's why I look the way I look, and so he'd been due. So you know, it, it, I think the misinformation is out there, and is if you have people that can compete on stage and look the way we look and, and, and present ourselves the way we do it and then have four or five people standing alongside you of that same ilk, it does make a difference in the, in the, the conversation because what, what is that old saying, seeing is believing, and you get to see non-enhanced individuals that have physiques that are, are, are well to be appreciated. And when you can do mm-hmm. that in, in a group atmosphere, in a group dynamic, now you're changing the spectrum and now you're changing the narrative where you have people that can speak openly about their lives, you know, going home to the families and, and doing certain things. And when you have those cravings of uh, those uh, chocolate, uh, big chocolate cookies, Des, or that donut, Kalen, you know, it's, where it's, it's like you're, you're a real person. You're not the person with the gym bag that, that better not be dropped or touched. Because your syringe, your vial might crack and, and, and everything else be, be wasted. And, and you're ready, ready to kill somebody because, you know, you, you put a lot of money. You invested a lot of money in that. Sure, we invest as the natural athletes, but the outcome is a lifetime of good health and fitness if we're doing it correctly. And, and, and we, that's another show that we've talked about, you know, about risking our own health. And I, I've spoken on it in the show right now. But, Chris, thank you for being, you know, bringing this information out because we you definitely have uh, caused quite a stir with uh, <laughs> that testing offseason because I think that's one of the things that we've been the quiet majority about wanting, but just mm-hmm. who's going to pay for it is the big question. So now when you have right. that coming out, how long do you think that will take into effect? Because like Dez and I have learned, We can preach and preach and preach and there's still people that are just learning about what we're talking about. How long and how many years and how much time do you think before this will catch on to where it's
0: mainstream? You mean catch on with the other natural federations that it's a common practice? Yes. Uh, I would hope it doesn't take that long. Uh, Again, we just started implementing it this year. And you're correct. The USBF is causing a stir by making this change, but it's really what needs to happen. And I think, you know, I don't care what natural federation you belong to. If you're a promoter and you're out there talking about wanting change in natural bodybuilding as a whole to improve it, you need to jump on board. And if your federation isn't willing to jump on board with this, then maybe you need to look elsewhere. You know, the USBF would love to have promoters that are out there for the athletes, you know, and we're always looking to add uh, promoters into our fold that want to support that. So uh, we're going to just keep moving forward. Uh, Our goal isn't necessarily to sit here and criticize the other federations that are or aren't doing things. We just want to keep our eye on our own lane, move forward and try and do what's positive in the best interest of the athletes themselves.
2: Gotcha. Sounds good to me. So, Chris, in our little bit of time that we have left, let folks know if they are interested about becoming a USBF promoter, you know, how do they go about getting started there? And then also let people know where they can find out more information about your show that's coming up here soon.
0: Sure. Well, and actually the answer to both questions, the easiest one is for people to go out to usbf.net. All of the USBF uh, events are on the events tab. My show for August 28th, the Med City Natural Bodybuilding Classic, is listed out there. Uh, Jack Halverson's show, which is the week before mine, down in your neck of the woods there, Kalen. Uh, The Legends Midwest Classic is the weekend before mine, and I'll be down there, so I look forward to seeing you there, Kalen. Um, Yeah, you will. It's all out there. If anybody has any questions, they can uh, click on the info link. And we'll get an email, ask whatever questions you want. And people are always more than welcome to hunt me out. I'm out on social media. I'm on Facebook more than Instagram, but I am on Mm -hmm. both. I refuse to do Snapchat, so you won't find me there. Um, But feel free to reach out to me, message me, friend me on Facebook. You got questions, uh, contact me anytime. I'm more than willing to have a conversation. And, again, whether that has to do with An athlete competing, an athlete looking Mm -hmm. for feedback. I love giving feedback after a a show that I judge. Uh, So if athletes email me and send me some pictures, I love talking with them about how they can improve themselves. If you want to talk about drugs and things like that, uh, I will talk to you to my level. I'm not an expert. I'm not a pharmacist or anything like that. But, again, I've been around here long enough that there are things that I do know. And if somebody wants to be a promoter, contact me. I can get you in contact and um, get you information, talk to you, invite you to one of our shows, come and take a look. Um, yeah, whatever people want, those are the different ways that they can get a hold of us. We're we're all about Transparade to ask a question and reach out to us.
2: Fantastic. All right. Thank you very much. Chris, Kalen, last thoughts on tonight.
1: Well, I, I love the fact of you know, the, the full disclosure that that's huge, what's going on with this organization. And I'm just, it's almost comical with the amount of drugs that was found in this fellow and uh, that he really and disrespected the, the natural community so much that he thought that would work.
0: Yep.
2: Woo. And there you have it, folks. Well, so- You know, just know, guys, I mean, the point's been made that because people get caught is no reason not to compete. That should be an added incentive to go ahead and compete natural because there are always going to be people that want to test the line. Test the line. It doesn't matter what aspect of life you are looking at. People are always trying to test the line, see what they can get away with. Um, Yes. and, And natural bodybuilding is no different. So I just say don't let that discourage you. USBF is doing a lot of great things. I'm uh, super excited about this off season testing and uh anxious to see how that goes and uh how that uh, continues to spread if it continues to spread throughout the um throughout the sport. So with that being said, I don't, you know, Snicker I how long can we keep doing a snickerdoodle shout out, Kaylin? you know, I don't I, know if it I, ever I, wears you enough out.
1: Snicker doodle shout out. Because I know when I get to that legend, I'm going to be a legend on stage because of
2: (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Again, USBF.net. Christopher, thanks so much for sharing your time. And, folks, you know the deal. Your body is a temple, so let's build it.